Hello and welcome to Morgan and Thief Presents. I'm Oliver Morgan, co-founder and director of Morgan and Thief and your host. And today I'm joined by Nick Raxter to talk about making transformation successful. Nick is an experienced manufacturing and supply chain leader, having led single factories, groups of factories and global supply chain, especially through change or to a higher level. In total, Nick's seen over 50 transformations, both in corporate and private equity environments, and has a passion for leading and driving performance. In this podcast, we start off by discussing what is transformation. We talk initially about cost reduction and then move on to discuss large scale cultural change. Overall, we discuss how well do transformations actually work? And then the obvious question, which is how to succeed and what to focus on. We hope you enjoy. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. So um, we're talking about transformation. If we could start at the beginning, uh, what is transformation? So tra transformation means actually different things to different, to different people. There are different types. So there is transformation for cost reduction. And people, use, people refer to cost reduction as, as transformation. There is uh, functional transformation or re-engineering. There is uh, strategy implementation. And then there is a, a culture change. So through, through those four, I, I built up a level of complexity uh, in, in, the, in the transformation. At its greatest, uh, transformation is about creation. It's, it's about renewal. It's, it, it's whole system change, you know, creating something, some, something new. And that contrasts really sharply with it not being about you know, fixing things. Um, it's much more about the creation and the, and the renewal and the whole system change. The, the, the vision for uh, transformation, the, you know, the ambition, the, the, the need to transform um, tends to be driven by external factors and, and, and by compelling need. A good test, I always think, if, you're, if what you're doing is really transformation is, are you having to change the the KPIs and the system of management. If you're having to do that, you're probably doing transformation. And transformation is, um, is it's actually, it actually has a lot in common with continuous improvement, but I would describe continuous improvement as, as it's not about whole system change. You know, it's about incremental improvement. It's over a longer period of time. It actually doesn't, it doesn't actually need to be less ambitious. You can set ambitious goals for continuous improvement. And you can, in many cases, you can actually get to the same place as transformation, but over a much longer period, over a much longer, longer period of time. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot in common there, but, but you know, if the continuous improvement, if the continuous improvement program is, 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 is not ambitious and, and, and time has run out, and we have a, a compelling economic or technological need um, to, to transform, then that's the route we'll need to take as opposed to continuous improvement. Understood. Um, it sounds like these are super ambitious transformations at this scale. Um, how well do they go and uh, what are the, the main challenges? Yeah, so I mean, batting, batting averages are, are, are not so good. So there's research available from, uh, from McKinsey, for example, that is showing us that almost 70% of transformations either fail completely or 
um, miss their goal by, by, by a lot. So, you know, significant failures, and say up to 80%. I think it's, this, this is not really well, not, 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 not well talked about. Um, but I think it's no surprise that, that the failure rate is so high, because transformation is so, it, it's very complicated. A lot of people are involved, and the outcomes design very quickly. Um, therefore, it's therefore they are they are high risk. And also, you know, I think about it through 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 my group. I think about um, you know the number of organisations I've I've seen, the number of factories I've looked at. For example, I've probably been in, in over over a, a thousand factories. And you know, how often have I seen uh, effective, um, for example, effective continuous improvement in a you know, in, in these organizations, you say, well, less than less than 10% of the time, maybe less than 5% of the time. So you know, if you have continuous improvement working, then at least you have an organization that has some level of change readiness. So you know, if therefore, if we just say 90% of organizations don't have any kind of meaningful long-term um, continuous improvement program that, that, that's stuck, that has discipline behind it. If we then apply transformation to an organization like that, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit like as, as the sort of the, the, the coalition and center expands to a large and larger number of employees, you know, it's like as, the, as an aircraft come into the land, comes into land, you know, the, the wheel at the front is initially not turning and it hits the runway and then suddenly turns very rapidly. If you apply you know, transformation to an organization that has no, no change rate, no foundation in continuous improvement, then it, it, it's really a very big change for that organization. And, and culture change, we do, you know, you do usually like to put culture change um, at the heart of transformation programs, it's absolutely essential. Um, so, you know, so you, there's various insights you can go through that, that kind of clarify, you know, why it's so difficult, why that's often more to do with the people and the leadership um, than, than, any, than any technical factor. Um, so, so, so breaking transformations down then, so if we talk about uh, cost reductions particularly, then the, the, the success rate is, is, is better. So you can, you, you can talk about in the range of the 60 to 80%. Thinking about sort of um, functional transformations and process re-engineering transformations, it's, it's a little lower, so you know, 50%, you know, 40, 60% in, in, in that range. When we talk about strategy, strategy implementation, um, then, well, there are, there are small changes in strategy and then there are large changes in strategy. But the, the range now is, is now lower. We're talking, you know, sort of 30%, 30 to 50% for strategy execution um, uh, programs. And then the, 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 benefit, the sort of the, the culture change would combined with a major um, strategy, strategy implementation, uh, have, those have the lower, really the lower uh, success rate. Um, down at the sort of the 20%, 25%, 20 to 30% in that, in that range. So it just shows then if you don't have a continuous improvement uh, program already, then start one because uh, if you don't, it can often lead to the need for large scale transformation. Um, and it's even then harder to, uh, to implement one uh, when, you, uh, when you start. So get on that. Great foundation. Great foundation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, a, it's an obvious question then is, uh, how do people succeed? What, what should um, leaders focus on uh, to be successful? 
Yeah, so th there are really many answers to, to that and it depends on many factors and uh, the, the type and ambition of the transformation and, uh, and as we discussed, the, the, the change readiness. Um, I think normally, you know, it, it's, it's not much, not so much about the, the technical side of it, right? So, you know, there's lots of, um, you know, clever, well-educated, structured uh, thinkers out there with um, really great consulting industry experience. I mean, we can define a transformation well, we can, we can define a transformation plan, uh, value creation plan, we, we can define work streams and uh, balance resources and prioritize and align. And th th these sort of technical aspects are quite straightforward, but it's more the, the, the people change, the culture change and the, the, the leadership and the, how the definition of the transformation program comes about, but all of those things that, that make the biggest difference. So I mean, a couple of examples. So you know, how, how compelling how compelling is the need and how is that how is that felt in the organization so uh, as an example I mean, i've i've, I've um, worked with a ceo previously who to support me i mean he deliberately piled on um almost saved up some bad news bad performance but it was coming anyway but, but deliberately saved it up to issue it all all, all at once all in one go um, right. To create that 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 kind of gasp of a, of a moment in the in the workforce, it's deliberately kind of exaggerated um, that, and and the effect of that is to you know align the domains in the, in the magnet. You know, the organisation is the magnet. We want the domains all aligned in the same way. And organisations are constantly announcing new programmes and new changes. So so you've got to do something additional for a fundamental transformation program to stand out from, from, the, from the noise. Um, you know, in terms of, in terms of economy, I have been in a situation where I was delivering um, a big change program and there was no burning platform. I mean, the organization had margins um, at 50% uh, already. People didn't really, didn't really feel the need to transform. Now we, we still won with that, but I want to say it's, that was much harder work. So yeah, compelling need really, really important. Another area really important is um, the vision. That the vision be, be breakthrough, that it be ambitious, right? That it be uh, upper quartile in terms of where the company's going to get to against its competitors, because, because everybody's improving. You know, your competitors are all improving as well, even if they haven't publicly announced a transformation program. Everybody's improving. So if it's going to take a couple of years to get there, really be where you think when you, when you, when you, when you complete. The vision needs to be simple. And I think the blind spot around um, having a, a breakthrough vision is the way it's, the way it's perceived or aware, your awareness of being in your perception of in your employees' perception of how they see the vision. So just an example to bring us to life. So it's, it's well known that, so you know, Henry Ford uh, invented the, uh, the, you know, the, the black model team when he was first showing it to people. You know, you know, what would you like this? You know, you know, what, 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 would you, what would you like? People would say, well, we'd like a horse that is uh, three miles per hour faster 
that lives five years longer, um, that eats less, uh, needs to, we need to muck out less as well. You know, we, we'd like an improvement like this. They don't think about so much about the, 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 the transformational impact that could be had with a range of factors like the, the technology brings. And another, another more recent example would be uh, Elon Musk with his uh, Tesla Roadster. I mean, he's quite famous for having described that when he uh, started talking to buyers about the, the, the Roadster in, in the early weeks and months, I mean, the feedback he got was, uh, no, we don't, want a, we don't want an electric, we don't want an electric sports car. We don't need or want an electric sports car and uh, I don't want to test drive it. I mean, that, that was his experience. So, so from the leader's profound, or the leadership group's profound vision and how they think about that, um, their understanding of that is likely to be held by a large proportion of the workforce. And that gap can really kind of, um, can, can lead one to think that the organizations are coming with them when perhaps they're, perhaps they're not. So it's really something to, to, to think about how you communicate, how you really get that vision across and make it, and make it real for people. Another one I think is about, uh, about going all in. You know, I, I think you can't, a leader can't delegate the transformation entirely. You know, whether it's the CEO is living the transformation or it's a, it's a, it's a head of a business unit that's, that's, that wants the transformation, the, the leader needs to get involved and not full time, right? But, but they've got to be involved. You know, improvement is all about leadership and driven by the leader. So you, you can't delegate it. Um, another factor of going all in is, is about prioritization. Obviously, we all know the importance of, uh, of prioritizing, but I, I can think of situations where I was really pleasantly described, surprised um, that having designed and proposed a transformation program to a board, the board accepted it and, and, and canned 15 other programs. They were I mean, one place where they actually canned 15 other programs um, to do the transformation program that I had proposed. Uh, and also that, that helps you to feel that, that, that they've understood some of the, some of the challenges that lie ahead. Um, it's really important that that does happen because if, if, you're, if your program uh, just becomes one of, one of many, then it's not going to get the leadership focus that it, that it needs. Um, another one would be, another good example would be the need to, to collaborate from day one. So, so not to work in too small a group, not to, not to define in isolation. Um, now, I've got a, actually a really good example of, of, of it too. So two extremes, you know, I, I initiated transformations over, I mean, the longest one was kicked off over the period of a, of a, of a year, a whole year of build-up of defining, we defined first, for example, a, a production system and then pilots, and then we built up to a, a, a very large uh, change program, which was then launched globally. But I can think of transformation programs I've launched, uh, smaller ones, where I've launched them in, in uh, effectively in a morning um, with you know, 60 people in a room and very little preparation and not much more than a, than a, than a, than a flip chart. And you, know, you, you, you truly lead. You, know, you take the flip chart, you take people through that this is the situation, right? These are the some negative factors that are, that are affecting us. So we, we, you know, we, we want to win with this. We want to win together. So you, you build that up into setting and agreeing a, a goal. You, know, and you really find people up. 
Um, so there are different different ways of getting to this, and different approaches are different suitable for different situations. But um, collaboration, you know, doing things together, defining the, the the program together, plan together, deciding the prioritization openly together, the sourcing. Um, that collaboration and, and building that collaboration out over time to to a to a um, you know to form a growing um, coalition uh, is, is a, a really important um, factor in in, uh, in in success. Um, another another small one is, for example, you know, just communicating the strategy. I've, I've been a part of so many companies who who keep the strategy um, you know almost secret. It's, I think one way it was a, a closely guarded secret, and only a, a few people around the CEO knew that knew the strategy. Now, perhaps in that example, there was reasons for the strategy to remain um, less well communicated. But sharing the strategy and communicating it actively, many CEOs do 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 that. Um, but ensuring the strategy is well communicated does help bring people uh, along on the on the journey. Mm. I guess otherwise people feel like they're going on a hamster wheel and they're working really, really hard, but uh, ultimately they don't know what direction they're going in because it's not being communicated. So they don't know what the strategy is. Yeah, directionless. Yeah. Absolutely. I think another really important leadership theme is, is bringing people back together regularly. You know, once you've, once you've launched, the launch being one off is, is, um, is not ideal. So, I mean, I always try to bring people back together at least every two or three months. It's quite, it's quite like, um, you know, SNOP and supply chain, you know, the conscious decision, we're going to realign resources, review decisions every month. You need the same in a, in a transformation program, bring people back together and look at progress, look at priorities, look at alignment, et cetera, and, and take the decision. I think that that realignment is very, it is also um, very, very, very important. Often where, where people haven't, Many situations I've seen where people haven't got the, the value can look back to not having revised the, the operating model and the, the organization and, and, the, and the system of management. So that's also a very important area to, to, to follow through. And you can't live with the old if you've made, if you've made big change. Um, Some really, really good tips there. That's a really comprehensive answer. So uh, thank you uh, very much for that. Um, the approach that you've discussed in, in your experience, um, would that differ between cultures or industries? Uh, yes, I think, it, I think it does. I mean, particularly between, particularly between cultures. Mm -hmm. And I think people, cultures differ in different cultures, different languages, different things are defined, you know, what is, what is polite, what is impolite differs quite significantly between cultures. How you can, how you give and receive feedback can differ enormously between cultures um, and organizations, particularly cultures. I'm thinking of, uh, you talk about feedback, you know, something like, something like China, I mean, it's almost, almost opposite to, to, to how we do things in the, in, in the West. Um, so yeah, because of these, because of those fundamental differences, um, you do have to take allow, you do have to allow for these when working in, in, in different cultures. So yeah, I can uh, answers, yes, very much so. I can imagine. I um, just thinking about it. Actually, a lot of my uh, experiences, like in the Nordics, for example, it's quite a consensus-based culture. 
um, and in, uh, in in other countries, countries, for example, the American or um, uh, even the Brit British, um, I think you can be a lot more uh, direct. Um, but I just do you think culture um, you would slow transformation down in some respects. Culture, as in the pace of the pace that an organisation can can, can 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 go at, can transform at, is is affected by you know many um, many different factors. That should the biggest of which is 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 change readiness, right? So if we have no recent history of change, mm. if the current workforce haven't experienced change in recent times. Then, it, as I said earlier, it's going to be more of a more of, more of a shock than yeah. an organisation that uh, has either been through other types of change recently or in, in recent memory. I mean, that, 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 that's a big factor. Um, my own experience, I, mean, I have delivered transformations in really quite substantial changes in in in, in the process and the way people work, massive ones actually, in public sector. Um, and also transformations in underperforming private sector and highly performing private sector as well. And, you know, I don't really detect that the culture slowed it down. You know, if, if, you, if you win hearts and minds, my experience is if you win hearts and minds, you, you can make strong progress. But if you, if you skip steps in winning hearts and minds, then I think you can, you can, you can stumble. Yeah, I can imagine. It seems like a lot of what we're discussing for the success, um, especially around communication, being present, um, must be difficult during current state. I mean, COVID-19, um, it's made travel a lot more difficult. Um, how, do you, how would you cope with that um, as a leader? Um, the transformation can't stop. Yeah, so, so it has continued. Um, organizations are doing transformations right now despite um, despite travel limitations they, they continued all the way through um, uh, you can do it remotely of course you can but clearly you can't have the same you can't have the same engagement or closeness of interaction um, can you really get under the skin of something remotely um, so you, you can continue, but I, I just I don't see how it can be as, as effective. You need you need some contact time. You need to bring you can bring them together on, on a, in, a, in a Zoom meeting using using you can use rooms. So you can move forward. But if we were, for example, to continue to do that for years and not come back to how, how we used to do transformation, bringing them together in workshops and so on, I mean it's got to be riskier. Um, it's likely to be more 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 error prone um, than, than being able to actually get together face to face. And, yeah, and, for sure. And engage um, and engage closely. I read somewhere that, um, um, and I wish I could reference it, but uh, um, you have a relationship reservoir, and um, you have this. Uh, um, relationship built up and um, it can take so much um, in a transformation it can take so much uh, distance and not being there but being face to face rebuilds that connection 
So I can imagine if the transformation and the relationships are already there, then it might be a little bit easier to connect via Zoom because that trust has, has built up. Um, but, but if you've never met an individual or if, or if you're new coming into an, an organization, you don't have that um, connection, I can imagine it's a, a lot more difficult remotely. Yes, the key, a really important word you used there was, was, was trust. So I think that you can, you can build trust remotely through remote working, even just through working through Zoom and phone calls. You can build trust that way. But I, th I think it takes longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah but then if, if something, you know, transformation is, 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 is imperfect. You know, even very good people uh, can, can make mistakes on transformation programs and actually just recognize them and reverse, the, and reverse them as, as quietly and as quickly as possible. Um, but if you if you if you do something that you know something happens that that um, causes an issue with trust, I think it's easier and sincerer to repair it face to face. And it would be you know by a Zoom a Zoom meeting or, or, or a phone call. There's, there's definitely something something about face to face. I think what you mentioned is really important there from a leadership perspective, actually, um, and trust communication these are hugely important factors and uh um will and will make people follow you um and like you said people do make mistakes and uh, i think being open and honest where possible about that will probably even strengthen the trust relationship between the the team members so it's not necessarily a bad thing absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Nick, thank you so much for uh, joining me today really interesting discussion on transformation um are there any um, key takeaways that you want to leave us with, the, the, kind of the main things to remember from this discussion? Well, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Engage, engage, engage. Oh, I think make everything, make everything visible, simple, over-communicate, you know, regular alignment, um, and, and uh, call time on past assumptions that are, that are no longer valid. Fantastic. Yeah, don't forget the, the people element involved is absolutely key. Brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you so much, Nick. Really appreciate it. My Take pleasure. Care.